Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Seen It All. We are here to break down this past week's biggest movie and TV news. And speaking of big movie news, nothing is bigger this week than Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. It's finally here. So, let's start with my review, shall we? So, let's just get out of the way first. I have to, sad to say, I did not like this film. Uh, it's the first Marvel film in a while I have not liked, but... Let's get started with my positives. Let's start with my positives. Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror, the villain of this movie, he was amazing. He was great. He was a force to reckon with, and everybody who said he did a great job was completely factual. Up until the end credit scene. I don't want to say anything about the end credit scene, but I was super excited for his role as Kang, and especially leading into the Avengers Kang Dynasty where he would be the big bad, but... Now, not so much seeing that in credit scene. So I don't know. I'm conflicted. They, I feel like they should have held off Kang until they were actually ready to bring him into the main universe and actually use him in Avengers film. I feel like I would have just waited instead of putting him in this in this Ant Man film. And then another thing I really liked is Kang scene with Janet, Janet Van Dyne. She was great in this film. She was definitely the best of the heroes. She, um, Michelle Pfeiffer, she did a great job portraying the heroine. And every time she was on the screen, I liked the movie. She brought a more serious tone to the film that I thought was greatly needed. And it made it much more enjoyable because I'm tired of kind of the jokey MCU, especially like Thor Love and Thunder. I want some self-seriousness. And she brought it and the scenes with her and Kang felt like they were monumental and they actually mattered, unlike some of the stuff where there's quipping back and forth. That stuff just feels it doesn't feel like it matters. But but when they get serious, it does. So I only have a few positives about this film that I can really point out. The rest of the stuff just kind of just ticked me off. So, first of all, Kevin Feige has been going around and talking about how this movie unites the universe. This explains where the whole phase is going, and it paves the way forward for the future story. But, he's straight up lying. He must be taking crazy pills, because I saw this film. This film does not set up anything. This film, I thought it was going to end a certain way. It did not, and it kind of pissed me off. I felt like, oh, we're just going back to the standard quo. I don't want to say what it was, but I, I didn't... I didn't think he was lying to us. I wanted a definitive path forward for the MCU, and we didn't get it. But less about the full MCU, and let's focus more on this film. So, first of all, Peyton Reed shouldn't have even been given this type of movie to re- to direct. When you see the past, his past works of Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp, both those films are small. They're small films. They're both pretty enjoyable. I like them both. They're nothing fantastic. So why would you give him a movie that requires... A, it required he he didn't deliver but it required so much and he didn't deliver i didn't think he was going to deliver i had hopes his mandalorian season finale was great but i mean i didn't trust him with this type of film and kevin feige shouldn't have trusted with this film and um his action scenes the action scenes he's directed you think he would have learned how to make great action scenes but he still hasn't mastered them i was looking for some great Great action in this film in the quantum universe. I thought it would have been great with some King action, but I guess they're saving it for the next Avengers movie. But I thought they would have gone all out with it here, but they didn't. I, I wanted some good action scenes. They didn't give it. And when they got up close and personal with them fighting one another, up Kang versus Scott, it was all so up close. You couldn't tell what was going on. Shaky cam. You couldn't tell what was happening. And I'm so tired of seeing that. I want some good action scenes. If Shang-Chi can give me five amazing, amazing action scenes, so can Ant-Man. Now, let's talk about Ant-Man himself. 
Paul Rudd was great. He's always great. But he didn't... It was just more of the same. I'm kind of tired of his chick, and he didn't really develop much as a character. It was mostly just him screaming for his daughter the entire film. And same with Evangeline Lilly as the Wasp. She didn't do anything in the film. She didn't do, like, squat. Maybe towards the end, she may have done a few things, but she was mostly there just reacting. And she had... Even though all the fighting scenes weren't very good, she definitely had the best action out of anybody else in the film. And... And then another character, Cassie Lang, who was recast for this film from the person from Avengers Endgame, it didn't need to be recast. There wasn't, they didn't have, she didn't have anything to do in this film. It was just her screaming at Paul Rudd and Paul Rudd screaming at it back at her. So, and don't even get start me on, uh, on Scott Lang's, Scott Lang's mentor, completely forgot his name, Michelle Pfeiffer's husband, but he didn't, he didn't do much, much thing any either. So most, most to say is they should have spent more time on the actual characters besides Michelle Pfeiffer as the as um as the wasp as the older wasp she was great and they took too much screen time with these awful awful freedom fighters resistant fighters that are fighting against kank they were awful their jokes were so bad the actors i know i've seen them and stuff they'd been pretty good they were awful in this film all the designs i hated it they had so many different weird creature looking designs and none of them stood out to me. This all just kind of like like a mesh of other stuff. Bill Murray had like one scene, and it was just eh. He didn't do anything. I'm just I'm sick and tired of saying these characters didn't do anything in this movie. It was just felt like more of the same. I wanted some progress. I wanted some cool action scenes. I didn't get any of it. And um, I thought the actors for the Freedom Fighters did not do a good job. But all the rest of the actors of the main characters, I thought they did a wonderful job. But they just weren't given enough to do. But Let's speak to my least favorite part about this film. I know I've already hated on some other things, but Modoc. Modoc was so bad. He was so annoying every time he put was put on screen, and I, he was there mostly for a joke. But nobody laughed. Nobody laughed in my theater, and I thought it was just a waste of screen time. As I said it again, it was a waste of screen time, and they didn't do anything with it. I chuckled maybe once, but I feel like they could have done so much more with Modoc. Why use his name if you're just gonna tarn shit like that? So, ultimately. This film, when it's serious, I love it. It feels like it's having an effect on me and it's paving the way forward for the MCU. At some points, I feel like, oh, here we go. If we just keep on this path and then they turn away. They turn away. I blame the Rick and Morty writer, whatever his name is, who's writing Avengers King Dynasty. I hope he can learn from his mistakes here because he kept, he almost grabbed it. But then we went back to the same stuff we were doing where everybody was just joking right around with each other. So it just, it just became a boring mess to me because I got... I got ticked off by the way they were on this movie and I kind of never got back into it. So ultimately, let's say if you're a big MCU fan, you got to see this. I mean, you've probably seen every movie, so go see this one. But if not, you can totally skip this movie. You don't really need anything from this movie. So all to say is I feel like this is going to be another divisive film like Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, which I loved. So many people hated it. And I feel like it's going to be the same way with this one. I've already seen some from some people that they love it. And some people like me really don't like this film. So speaking of other people's thoughts on Ant-Man, let's go to our second topic today. It has a 50% of Rotten Tomatoes. It's like evenly split down the middle on critics uh, from the critics who likes it, who doesn't like it. And I'm in the camp that doesn't like it, but it's evenly split. So the, so I don't know if it's going to look good on word of mouth, but speaking of that, we, the box office projects projections came out a couple months ago and they were in the 100 to 120, 120 million range for a domestic. Now they've lowered them about 95 million 
domestic opening and 280 million worldwide worldwide now i feel like this is probably gonna where it's it's gonna probably come over to come in under 100 million and i don't think it's gonna leg out i don't even know if we can catch the first ant-man and the wasp quantumania excuse me the first ant-man and the wasp so there there um there wasn't much notable from this past weekend's box office so i don't it's not gonna have much competition at all and i don't think it has cocaine bear coming out next week but that's not gonna be a big hurdle for it so maybe it can but i think with this bad word of mouth it's it's not gonna it's not gonna do too hot in the long run but we'll see now let's transition to some other Marvel topics. Recently, Kevin Feige did a big Marvel in- Marvel interview with Entertainment Weekly, I believe, and he discussed some a few big things that I was surprised he just opened up like that. It was in- and it was an interview for Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. He didn't really talk much about the film. He talked about the future, which I mean I'm okay with. So let's start with what he first said. Firstly, he said they were gonna were Marvel is gonna start to slow down on the Disney Plus shows. And I am so happy about this. There were too many shows the past two years. It felt overwhelming, and trying to keep my family and friends up on these shows was a hassle. I was there always opening day, but it took a while for everybody to catch up, caught, to catch up, and they often fell behind. So I think it's great to spread them out. There should be max two to three shows a year, which is I'm pretty sure it was what they said. They um, so this year they are planning on do just doing Secret Invasion and Loki are the only ones said to come out this year. So they're pushing back a ton of shows, and I'm all here for it. I like when we were really anticipating a Marvel movie or show. I feel like when they have so much coming out, it just feels overwhelming, and I don't have have as much hype for it. So, and. I just got to say back to the shuffle that they had that all the all the shows in 2021 and 2022 got lost in the shovel shove full <laughs> Miss Marvel got buried on the way to Obi-Wan She-Hulk got buried on the way to Andor even though I didn't really like She-Hulk but I feel like if you got to spread it out why are we having a Star Wars show and a Marvel show released at the same time you got to spread this stuff out and you need to stop dropping it at 3 a.m. in the morning you got to drop it like HBO does at 8 p.m. Central Time. That's what you got to do. That's what gets the conversation going. Not at 3 a.m. It screws up everybody's sleep schedule. You need to stop doing that. And I think these TV shows need to be six. Like Kevin Feige said, they need to be doesn't work. Time and time again, it's been proven it doesn't work. I love Loki, but for the rest of them, it hasn't worked out that well. WandaVision was great with nine episodes. I think the bare minimum they have to have is eight episodes. So Kevin Feige also said he wants the MCU to go for 80 years like the comics. And I think this could happen. I think you can if you space out the movies and TV shows that they have right now. There's too much content right now. And if you think that you can make it 80 years, you have to slow it down. You're going to use up all the stories you have and you're going to run out pretty quick if you keep it at the pace you're going. You just got to slow down so you don't overwhelm your audience. And you also have to invest more in the comic sphere so that you'll have future stories to tell. There hasn't been some great comic stories in the past 10 years or something. They need some great stories so that they can adapt them in the future. Kevin Feige also says he has plans to introduce mutants, and he says he already made that plan. And I hope it's a good plan because introducing the mutants is going to be a huge challenge for him. We already have so many great heroes in the MCU, and every time the public praises them, so... I think it's me challenge to figure out how everyone is going to hate the mutants but still love these other heroes that we have. He also says that the Marvels coming in July of this year is great and that Miss Marvel steals the show and he compares it to the uniting of the six main heroes in the first Avengers so I'm, I, I'm very excited for this upcoming film. This and Guardians of the Galaxy are probably my most anticipated films in the, ne- in the ne- near future. 
He also discussed Captain America New World Order. He confirms a rumor that was out there that Harrison Ford, who is taking up the mantle of Thaddeus Ross, will be the president of the film. And he is also going to be a Red Hulk. So we're going to have a Red Hulk as president. I have much anticipation for this film. I think it's going to be pretty good, but I don't want it to collapse under its own weight. It's juggling so many different political machinations between the future of the Hulks, and now it's addressing political stuff, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if we, these writers can handle it. I don't think they could handle it in Falcon Winter Soldier, so we'll see. And then connecting to Captain America New World Order will be Thunderbolts. Kevin Feige says Bucky will be the de facto leader. And I'm not very happy with this. I wanted Florence Pugh, who plays Yelena Belova, to be the leader, or at least a co-leader. That's what I'm still hoping for. Florence Pugh got paid $10 million for this in another film, so I assumed she was going to be the leader, but now they're saying this, I don't know, I hope she's at least a co-leader, like I said before. Or maybe they have a romantic relationship or something like that, but... Who knows? But my, I know my friend, my friend is really going to love this news. She is in love with Bucky, so she'll be glad to hear this. Kevin also confirms that Deadpool 3 will be rated R, and we already knew this, but I'm glad that he came out and said it, just came out and said it right, because it kind of feels like we're getting very similar movies, very similar tones of film, so I'm happy we're finally having something different, different in our MCU. Um, on Deadpool, I really hated the first Deadpool, but I loved the second one. So I hope this carries on with traits from the second one. And I think they're gonna. I think Deadpool three is gonna be great, but they're gonna have some issues with this crossing over to the regular MCU. I think it'd be a great idea to keep him PG thirteen if they bleep out his words, so they make a whole joke out of it. So we'll see. And then Wolverine's back in this film, so I'm glad we get to see him one last time. And then Sean Levy is directing, who he is fantastic. I love Free Guy and stranger things he is absolutely great in that i didn't like the adam project but that's one bad film from him so i have high hopes for deadpool 3 and then lastly kevin feige touched on the next spider-man film spider-man 4 he says it's being written and storied out right now so i'm glad they're finally getting the ball rolling um the ending to the last one was just so sad and i hope that we get to see zendaya's mj and i hope she will remember who he is so i think they're gonna do that but I think the movie left Tom in a good place as a traditional Spider-Man, but for me, I never liked the traditional Spider-Man, so I'm not entirely sure how much I'm going to like this movie. I haven't liked, I never liked a Spider-Man movie up until Far From Home and No Way Home, so we'll see. Hopefully they put in a good villain, maybe Black Cat or something, but if they made Far From Home and No Way Home the only two Spider-Man films that I really love, then I think they're going to do great with this one. Next topic we have up today is on the Super Bowl trailers. So, firstly, I gotta congratulate my team, the Chiefs, on the win. I gotta say it also, that was totally a holding, and the Eagles did not lose the game because of one call. They lost it because of their defense in the second quarter. Also, NFL, what the heck was that grass you paid $800,000 for? And I think it was just a great game, but more importantly... In the realm of movie news, the game drew 113 million viewers. That's the third biggest TV broadcast of all time. Just, I think, a million behind the biggest one. So it's huge. And that's why they're charging $7 million for a 30-second spot. And speaking of those spots, let's break down all of those trailers we got for the game. But firstly, let's talk about the trailers we didn't get. We didn't get trailers for the Marvels, Little Mermaid, until later, which we'll talk about in a minute, Elementals, Super Mario Brothers nor John Wick. So 
I all these I didn't expect to happen except for Little Mermaid. I feel like they should have dropped it if they're going to drop it later in the week. I don't understand. Maybe they're saving for the full trailer for the Oscars so it has more room. But I don't get it. Mario should have also had something because I think that movie's going to be huge. But they didn't do really anything. They put out a little plumber commercial, but nothing for the Super Bowl. But the rest don't come out for a while, such as the Marvels. And I don't think John Wick 4 and Elementals justify a spot at the Super Bowl. Although I really wanted to see them for both of them. But... Now let's turn to the ones we got. Let's start off with the Fast X trailer. And first of all, I gotta say, why is it such a long trailer? It's three minutes and 43 seconds. That's insane. But so we have some newcomers. Jason Momoa, he looks great as a villain. And I love how they connected to the Fast Five as, as he's a son of one of the people they killed or something like that. So I think that's great. Set him up. And I love his line of why give death when suffering is owed. Oh, it's, it's so cheesy, but it's so good. Brie Larson also looks very good, and I'm sad for her action scenes, the little ones she had. Between this and Marvel, she's got a good summer coming up. And I gotta say, the action looks a little more grounded than Nine, even though they had that little scene at the end. But they put a one-ton bomb, like an actual one-ton bomb. They rolled it throughout the city, and you can tell. And the motorcycle stunt they had with her jumping over the little little mark in the ground or whatever it was, that was pretty cool. That was my favorite part of the trailer. But I do have to say, towards the end of the trailer, with Vin Diesel taking out those two helicopters, it felt like we were back in Fast 9. And it was funny, but I feel like it ruined the movie. Fast 9 went too ridiculous, even though I was laughing my butt off. So hopefully this holds back and makes it more serious, like the director said he was going to. And I'm also glad we're getting back to the street races and butts. And and I'm glad they're taking it back to the roots. So hopefully this means less of Vin Diesel crashing two helicopters in the sky and more of the real world action. And I think we're going to have some consequences this time. Someone's going to die. And I think it's a perfect opportunity to lean to lead into the last film of the series. This is the second to last one. They're doing a two-parter for the end. And I think hopefully Vin Diesel has the might to kill off someone for real this time. And I'm okay if Gal Gadot comes back. But I hopefully he kills off someone for real. And I wish Dwayne Johnson was here, though. I'm glad we have St- Jason Statham back, but I wish J- Dwayne Johnson was here. Now for my thoughts on the new Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer. It looks so sad. It's definitely my favorite trailer of the Super Bowl. Uh, the cast looks great. I'm ready for one last ride. And my prediction is I think Rocket and Drax are going to bite the dust. And I think even more could bite the dust. I think they're going to kill off a lot of people in this film. And I think I really like the villain high evolutionary his connection with rocket i'm glad we're getting a backstory for rocket and i love the quote they gave about the upcoming villain that he didn't want to make things perfect he just hated things hated the way things were and i think that's beautiful and him working with adam warlock who also looks great i think we're gonna have some great villains this time i didn't love the high evolutionary or excuse me the um the kree i didn't like kree in the first film as villains but i loved ego in the second one so i'm i'm looking forward to this it's definitely my most anticipated film this year and i'm ready for my heart to be ripped out and i'm just sad james Gunn's leaving this franchise but i'm glad he's going to dc where he'll be making a ton of movies over there but i wish we could just have the guardians forever come on dave Bautista, don't leave don't leave james Gunn. i love this film and i think the public loves this film as well. It has the highest trailer views of any Super Bowl. I think it was at 134 million. So I think the public agrees with me on this being the best trailer of the bunch. Um, Indiana Jones, that had a little spot. It just looked just like the trailer. There's not much to say until the next trailer. I think all the Indiana Jones movies are pretty ga- great, even 
even Crystal Skull. I think they're all pretty much the same, except Temple of Doom is my favorite. So I'm still excited, but nothing they have shown has gotten me too anticipated for it. Um, and then let's talk about The Flash. First of all, I have to say, Ezra Miller sucks. They're a good actor, but there's no way they're sticking around in the future. They better not after all the crap he's pulled. Or they pulled, excuse me. But speaking more about the movie, I thought the emotional tugs tugs that they pulled with the mom, it's a great way to connect to the audience. And I feel like it could definitely pull on everybody's heartstrings. Michael Keaton, he looks great as back, and I'm here for the nostalgia kick, and I think that's what's getting everyone to go see this film. I still need to watch the original films. I've started them, but I haven't finished. But he looks awesome. <clears throat> Supergirl, she looks a little CGI heavy. I didn't think she looked right. Um, I wonder if she'll stay Supergirl in the new universe they're making, and but I don't think she will stay around. So I don't know. We'll see about her. Ben Affleck as Batman also gets one last ride, and I'm glad he's getting a proper send off, unlike Henry Cavill. And his action scenes look great with the motorcycle. And I just gotta say, all the action looks great. Uh, I think the action with the Flash and the Batman looks great. The only one I think they have to work on is Supergirl's. It still looked as CGI and. I think they just got to work on her action a bit to make it in line with the Flash and the Batmans. And I'm curious to see how this sets up the future to DC. They said it's going to reset the universe at the end of the film. But with the rumors that this film is fantastic, I'm very excited for it. And I'm curious to how it will do at the box office with all of Ezra Miller's controversy, but also with Michael Keaton return. So we'll just have to wait and see. There was a little spot for Creed 3 at halftime, and it was just more of the same. I thought it just looked okay. I've never seen any of the Creed films. I love the Rocky movies, but I've still never seen the Creed films. And the first reaction that's come out, they're great. So I'm totally seeing this. They said Michael B. Jordan used his anime influence in the fight scenes. And he did a great job for his first directing gig. So I'm all here for it. Jonathan Majors was great in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And I think he's going to do great here. Then they also showed off a 30-second spot from a full trailer that dropped last week called from, called a, from a movie called Air that's being made by Ben Affleck. This is a movie for my dad. He's going to love this film. It's a story about how Nike made the Air Jordan shoes. It stars Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Viola Davis. And although I did not like Last Duel that Ben Affleck had a heavy hand in, me and my dad are totally seeing this. I think this could be great. Now let's touch on that Little Mermaid spot that dropped three days after the Super Bowl. It was so weird. What is going on with that film? And I got to say first, the CGI, I didn't like it. Halle Berry looks great and she sings fantastic, but the CGI doesn't look great. I hate that they made the fish like the, the live action Lion King, even though that wasn't live action, that was animated. They made them look like the animals in Lion King or they don't have any personality you got that's why it's animated so they have personality oh it just makes me so angry prince eric looks meh in the first in the first shot we shot we saw with him and he's sitting next to halle berry and she just looks way better than him so we'll see but i'm very excited about melissa mccarthy as ursula i think she's gonna be the best part of this movie her laugh was great so i'm stoked to see more of her and i think they're gonna drop the full trailer with oscars so we'll see Next up we have is topic five, which is our My Last of Us episode five review. And this is the best episode of the show. This is the best episode of the show. Let's start with Henry and Sam and their brotherly connection. Sam was made deaf in this compared to the game. And it just showed how highly reliant on Henry he was. And it made their connection even stronger. I love the conflict between Henry and the villain Kathleen this week. <coughs> Excuse me. 
Henry had to turn someone's life in to save his brothers, and he doesn't realize how that death will affect others, and it's coming back to haunt him. So I think it's just it's a great conflict. It makes you put yourself in the scenario, and you you think, oh, I probably would have done that same scenario too, so I would have been screwed just like him. And the ultimate end of this episode was chilling. I don't want to spoil, but the acting from Bella Ramsey and the kid who played Sam, it really shook me. It was it was just amazing. This show also, this episode also had the best emotional parts, but as well, it had the best action of the series, even better than the day one outbreak. A horde of zombie comes out of the ground, including a bloater, which is an unstoppable zombie, and he just ripped a guy's head clean off. It was great. And Kansas City's gone. It's gone. It's wiped off the map. After they won a Super Bowl, the zombies came in and destroyed it all. And the bond forming between Ellie and Joel is amazing. And you just show that, it just shows that Joel has found a new daughter and it's not replacing his old daughter. He could never do that, but it sets up this future. So we'll see. Episode six, uh, the, they dropped a new tre- teaser for it, which it'll come out Sunday. It doesn't look the best to me. I don't really care for Tommy yet, and it doesn't look like there's much action. I like a good mix of action and drama, but I have faith in the creator, Craig Mason, so we'll see. And then the last topic we have today, this is this is relatively breaking news, and they're making a How to Train Your Dragon live action film. I'm so excited about this. It's supposed to be releasing March 14th, 2025, and it's being by... It's being made by the man who directed the first animated film. He was writing, directing, and producing, and casting is underway right now. And some are saying that they're looking for any ethnicity, so I think that's great. I'm curious how the dragons will look in live action, if they'll make them still look cute. Like, Toothless is super cute. They make them more vicious, like House of the Dragon. But I think there's going to be one good one-two punch with this in House of the Dragon. They're also planning on adapting the whole trilogy, so I think that's going to be great. Just... I think they should film them all back to back and just get them all out there. Put them back every release them across three years. And this just feels like an announcement for me. I love the animated films so much and they always came out for my birthday. So this film coming out for my birthday is just a repetition of history. And I'm totally seeing this all my friends for my birthday. So I can't wait until it comes out. And then for what we have next week, Cocaine Bear comes out next week and my friends are so excited for this film the marketing campaign has been great and i think it's gonna be such a fun time with this film and i'll make sure to drop my review on the next week's episode of seen it all and i'm ready for those free gummy bears at amc i'm gonna be fighting over for those free gummy bears star trek picard season three premieres february 16th i'm not a trekkie but i'm hearing good things about the season so i was putting that out there for all you trekkies um outer bank season three premieres next thursday february 23rd i love the first season second season felt tiresome as they never won and it just made me mad so if their views are good i'll check the third season out we'll see and that'll be it for this week's episode of seeing it all Thank you all for joining me, and let me know, what are your thoughts on Ammon and the Lost Quantumania? Did you love it? I hoped you love it. I didn't. Uh, repeating once again, but I hope you all did. All right, I'll see you all next time for my review of Cocaine Bear.